Ron Ananian. I don't understand the wallet flush, and it, it, it seems that's what repair shops are doing, or some repair shops. Come on, come on, Larry, for the money. Come on, come on, listen to the money talk. The car doctor at 15,000 miles. It's the same thing, plus a cabin filter, an air filter, and a fuel filter. And I read that, and I said, how can they replace a fuel filter? Most of these cars don't have fuel filters. They're in the tank. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, come on in. Sit down. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor at your service at 855-560-9900. Here to take your call and answer your questions. Whatever you've got going on, whatever's bothering you about your car, truck, or whatever it is you drive, give the Car Doctor a call at 855-560-9900. There's a lot going on in the next two hours. We're going to be talking to the folks from 3M a little bit later on, I think in the second hour, about some things going on over there their way. But uh, I am here to take your calls and answer your questions. I've got a lot of comments this week. Um, you know, this radio show is really about cars, and I sometimes I wish the show was in the middle of the week because I have these great thoughts that I try to write down, but in the, in the midst of the world I live in and all the things I'm trying to accomplish at the same time, you know, sometimes it's like trying to herd jello. It just sort of going in all directions at once, and it melts, and you squish, and it just, you know, it just slips through your fingers. But uh, the point of this radio show, someone said to me, was just this week they brought up the fact they said, "So, what do you talk about?" And I said, "Well, it's it's not what I talk about. It's it's I'm trying to bring you one step closer to the shop. I'm trying to bring you down into where I live and work every day, uh, fixing cars." I see the world from a different perspective. I'm not saying I'm always seeing it from the right perspective, but I see it from a different perspective. Uh, you know, at, at, at this old, tender, young age of 60, I think the better years are ahead of me. I think we're only going to get better in time. We're trying to make this radio show better in time. We've been doing this 25, going on 26 years now, and I really just see some things coming that are very bothersome uh, in, in terms of the automotive industry and in terms of how you're going to get your car fixed. I posted it, and I did this at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I, so I put it on the wrong page. I posted it out to Facebook. I'm going to get it over to the Car Doctor Facebook page uh, from a consumer electronics show out in Vegas. And it is a futuristic version that BMW says may be on the road by sometime or sometime after 2020 of a future driverless car using holographic displays for dash controls and buttons and things you turn on. And you look at it and you say, isn't that from Star Trek Voyager? I mean, that's the first thought I had. I just finished watching the series. It shows you how far behind I am. It took me 12 years to catch up to the end. But, you know, you look at the electronics and the technology, and naturally the first thought I've got is, who's going to afford it? Who's going to fix it? And, you know, how well will it hold up in the real world? And will we ever see something? like that in the real world. And I'm sure some engineer is going to write me a three-page email and tell me why I'm nuts and why it'll work great. And Yeah, go ahead. You drive it. You be next to it. You let me know what happens when it breaks. Tell me how the masses are going to fix that. I try not to get political on this show, but one of the things that a lot of people have lost sight of is, and again, my opinion, is that automobiles were just intended to be transportation. A to B. 
yeah, sometimes somebody drops an LED under your hood, and sometimes it's a hot rod Honda, and sometimes it's a Ferrari, and yeah, I get it. Sometimes it's a little bit of style and, and, and panache, but for the most part, cars were always intended, you know, the cars replaced the horse. The horse was a form of transportation. We're just trying to get back and forth, A to B, live our lives, and, and, and do what we do. That's what this radio show is about. I want to take care of your horse. I want to make sure that you can get back and forth to work, and I want to make sure that you understand what it is, what's going on. I'll give you an example. This one's a little near and dear to the heart. And it it sort of woke me up, no pun intended, as you'll see in a minute, as to how I think kind of above the box. Three days ago, 2.37 in the morning, the phone rang. Uh Uh-oh. It was the middle Anian child. She was getting off her shift at the hospital, gotten to her brand new Toyota 4Runner with 15,000 miles on it. It's just, well, I shouldn't say brand new. It's 15,000 miles. It's not a year old, though. Check engine light popped on and the traction control light popped on along with the ABS. She was in a little bit of a panic because it's snowing and she's got to go home at 2.30 in the morning driving out on a major highway and dealing with the crazies. And dad, is is, is my four-wheel drive going to work? Are the brakes going to work? You know, why are these dashboard lights on? You know, I don't understand what happened. I parked the car. It was fine. I thought about it. Uh, well, I had to wake up first. Um, and then I thought about it after I scratched my head awake. And I said, you know, Katie, just drive the car. You'll be fine. It'll have four-wheel drive. Does the engine run normal? She said, yeah. I said, anything weird? Go, nope. Just the lights are on. Drive the car. Stop by the shop, see me tomorrow. So she went home. She made it. She texted me when she got home because that's the father side of it, right? The father would wait until the daughter got home to know she's okay. And uh, consequently, Friday morning, I got up at uh, 2.37, and I didn't go to bed until 9 o'clock that night, so I was a little bit tired. But suffice it to say that the next day, the the boyfriend unit shows up with the car um, because she was off doing something else, and he was helping me. And I explained to him why this is a bad thing to do. He was he was helping me by he Googled 2016 forerunners and check engine lights. And the number one hit on the Internet is gas caps that are loose or gas caps that aren't tightened properly. So he went around, he checked the gas cap, but the light still didn't go out. Here's my point. Number one. I I respectfully admit that, yeah, you know what? If the check engine light went on and the traction control light went on, I would never assume that, traction, that, that the four-wheel drive wouldn't work. But sometimes people just don't know. And that's what this radio show is about. And I explained to her that that has no bearing on it. The reason Toyota does that, by the way, is because like a lot of car companies, when the engine has a check engine light fault, they're going under the assumption the engine's not running at peak performance. It's like you, when you jog... If you hurt your knee, your body forces you to slow down by sending out a little sliver of pain. Well, the car computer does the same thing, so it'll prevent traction control from working, but four-wheel drive will still function. You'll just have to drive it as if it was a four-wheel drive car from the 60s, back before we decided computers were the way to go. And I said, gee, the gas cap's not loose, and boyfriend unit said, well, you know what? It, it might have been because I touched it before I brought it over. That's another problem that the Internet creates because all you people have to stop reading things on the Internet and then bringing it to the mechanic and saying, no, I don't know what's wrong with it. And the mechanic scratches his head for two weeks going, gee, I can't figure this out. And the problem was disappeared. The problem disappeared before he actually saw it or before the mechanic actually saw it. My point is there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of lack of information. 
And that's really what I'm here to help you clear up. By the way, she did have a 455 EVAP system gross leak, which is generally a gas cap that wasn't situated properly. And no, the reason the check engine light did not go out is because, can anybody answer that question? Show of hands? No. The reason that check engine light didn't, we're, we're in front of a live studio audience today. The reason that check engine light did not go out is because it is, it is a two-trip monitor fault, meaning the computer has to see two cycles of the key or two road tests in a sense, in that it will do that and then decide, you know, if the EVAP monitor fails the first time, it sets a pending fault. If it fails the second time, it sets a hard fault, turns on the light. And it's a two-trip monitor. So it took her, took her two trips since she got gas and the dope left the gas cap loose that he created the situation. So, you know, the light won't go out. Does anybody know why the light won't go out? The light won't go out until the car completes somewhere between 30 and 40 more trips or road tests uh, to completion that it runs the monitor and it doesn't see a problem. And then, then the light will go out and then it'll eventually it'll clear the code. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's three trips Three complete trips, 30 turns of the key, 30 before it'll actually erase the code. So, you know, again, don't think by going out and tightening the gas cap, you're helping the mechanic. You're actually making it worse because now they're assuming the gas cap is okay. As a matter of fact, we get an EVAP fault in the shop. The last thing we do is check the gas cap because we want to see the condition. We'll still hook up the smoke machine, watch for smoke coming out of the neck and going, okay, there's the problem, so we know exactly what's going on. Just just saying, like I said, this is a radio show with a little bit of a different flair. We're here to fix cars, not just kind of push them along and down the road. Uh, by the way, before I pull over and take the pause, um, for my man Tony, sitting on the other side of the glass, you have a big day going on tomorrow. Yes, the Giants play Green Bay in Green Bay, 14-degree weather. Now, do you want me to tell, but talk about how good the Giants are going to do? No, I want you to talk how bad they are, because every time you talk bad, our team wins. Well, I want to tell you why they're going to do bad. Why? Okay. Because they're the Giants. And okay. Down the clutch, you know, they share the same building with the Jets. And you know where the Jets got this season. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it, it, it's sort of going to work out that, I don't know. You know, I got to tell you, they might pull it off. I don't think so. It all depends on which Eli shows up. True. And, and, and that's part of the problem. You know, Eli Manning's got this, he kind of looks like a, a three-year-old kid sometimes. That His facial expressions just <laughs> tell you the whole story about what's going on. Um, but... They're the Giants, man. They just can't. They just can't do it. And what I predict, if they get far enough, they'll get past Green Bay. When they get to Dallas, Dallas will have revenge on them. You think so? Yeah, I think we, so. We, we already have Dallas's number twice. Yeah, I know, right. but you know, you can't go knocking on the same door too many and, times. And, and, and then very they... bluntly, we'd we'd very like we'd very like we'd like to apologize to our listeners up in Wisconsin, but we have a message. Oh, well, go ahead. Eras Eli is coming. Yes, he is. You know, we 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 like the listeners up in Green Bay. We don't want to. So do we? We don't want to annoy them. It's never personal. This this is just business. This is just right. business. Yes. Oh, okay. So it has nothing to do with the radio show. No. Okay. So because you know we're trying to be non-denominational here. Okay. So we don't want to get political. We want to get denominational. We don't want to get sports. But trust me, the Giants are going to blow it. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I'm running Annie the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this.
Hey, welcome back. Ron and Ian, the car doctor. By the way, Tony, I just, I don't want to break your heart. I'm just, I don't want to hit this again, but I want to get into the show. But I just want to point out, you know, the whammy by talking bad about the Giants may not work this weekend, and here's why. Why? If you look out the window of the studio, what do you see? Snow. I put the plow on the truck last night, and the truck's in the shop, so it's nice and warm, because I said if I'm ready to go, it'll never snow. So the whammy may not be what it was. I just want to let you know, so don't be disappointed. So you, you just have a blemish right now. It's just one blemish. Okay. That's okay. I just don't want to. I just don't want you to be disappointed. Okay. I don't, I don't want my Tony we to be won't upset. Be disappointed. We'll just get even next week with you. Yeah. yeah well, uh, the folks from Green Bay have paid me a lot. So speaking of which, let's go over to Rick in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, with a 2013 focus and some uh, trans questions. Rick, how am I doing? I'm holding up my end of the bargain, right? You are. All right. Cool beans. So what can I do for you, sir? Uh, looking to purchase a used 2013 Ford Focus Titanium. It's got all the bells and whistles, including this uh, power shift, dual clutch, semi-automatic transmission. Right. And this uh, ties in well with what you were talking about. Uh, be careful what you read on the Internet. I'm hearing a lot of complaints about that transmission, and I just wanted to get your opinion and experience with it. That trans has been a problem, um, no doubt about it. Ford does have their issues with it. But I often think when I see a situation like that, it's kind of like living in a town where you find out your water supply is tainted. At least you know somebody's aware of it and they're fixing it. Um, they've got more than a few bulletins out on that trans. They've got a 15-0120. It's out about two years now, a year and a half, where they talk about problems with the seals and the clutches, and they've issued a bunch of updated parts. They've extended the warranty on that trans, 10 years, 120,000 miles. So they're aware of the issues. The question is, what kind of a price are you going to get on it, and is it going to accommodate you for your aggravation if there is any? It's just my way of looking at it. I wouldn't turn me off to the car, but just know that you're buying something that has an issue that's being dealt with. Do you want to deal with it, yes or no? Okay. All right. Um, you know, I'm look, looking at look, Well, look at it like here. Let me, let me just, I'm sorry, let me finish this thought. Look at it like this. Um, look at all the people that bought Honda Odyssey minivans. And again, you know, maybe maybe I'm looking at things cockeyed, but Honda just recalled 700,000 minivans, 10s, 11s, 12s, for problems with the second seat, the rear middle seat, and issues with seat belts and how they're going to hold. And it just came out this week or the week before. It doesn't stop people from buying Odysseys. All right. Uh, you know, it's they'll still be buying those cars and just dealing with the recalls. Uh, you know, there are a lot of car companies. I don't think there's a single car company out there that doesn't have some sort of an issue with one of its models at a level of transmission or engine or, or, or airbag or seatbelt. Or you're buying the car, you're buying the company, you're buying their concern for the customer because everything's got a problem. Go ahead, your comment. Oh, I was just, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the complaints about rough shift, shifting and shuttering, you know, that's, that's irritating. But the thing I was concerned about is I don't want the car to leave her stranded alongside the road. And, Right. From what you're saying, it doesn't sound like that's been a major problem. No. As far as that's concerned, I have not seen or read about that. Um, you know, I would go down. Are you buying it from a Ford dealer, Rick? No, it'll be a private party. Okay. So why don't you do this? Do you have a local Ford dealer? Yes. Before you purchase that from the private party, why don't you stop by Monday or Tuesday next week and speak to the dealer and say, listen, this is what I'm looking at. I want to know your thoughts what kind of problems can I expect with the transmission? What sort of warranty coverage applies to this? And I'm paying this for the car. What do you have comparable to it? And the reason I say it that way, and again, maybe you're buying this from a family member, I don't know, or a neighbor. I'm not trying to kill a deal. 
but I'm just trying to bring to light that, you know, if you're going to buy this and it fits the budget, it fits her, your daughter, I guess, or whoever's driving it, um, perhaps buying it from the dealer, knowing what you're going to get ahead of time. Just a little due diligence and research is, is, is all I'm saying, uh, you know, just so you don't walk into this blind and um, kind of go from there. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes. Um, by the way, you got any predictions for tomorrow? Tony's, uh, Tony's chomping well, at the bit. I got to give the Green Bay. I got to give the Green Bay guy fair, <laughs> fair equal time. You know. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, the Packer offense is on a roll right now, but so is the Giant defense. So I think it's going to be a good clash tomorrow. You got a point. You got a prediction of score. Shredded 24, cheese. Twenty-four ten. Pack. Shredded cheese. Easy, Tony. <laughs> what, what, what was the score there, Rick? Twenty-four ten. Packers. Twenty-four ten. Packers. All right. Yep. We'll see how that is. Now, listen, if that's right, if that's the score, Tony's going to come to Green Bay, um, let's see, and eat a, eat, a, eat a cheese sandwich in the middle of Packers Stadium without a shirt on. How's that I'd sound, pay to Tony? see that. Yeah, well, see that? We could get, I'll tell you, America would want to see that. So, big Tony. Rick, good luck with your focus, and uh, let us know how you make out, sir. All right, thank you. You're very welcome. Let's get over to Gary in Philadelphia and see what's going on here in 95 Olds Cutlass Supreme. Gary, Ron Nanny in the car, doctor, sir. Yeah. How can I help? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, yes, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm having a problem with my uh, temperature gauge. Um, the um, After I drive about a mile or a little bit less, the, the gauge goes into the, the red, the, the hot zone, the 260 degrees Fahrenheit hot zone. Right. And um, so I pull over in about 10 or 20 yards. I stop the car. Then I immediately start it back up, and the needle comes down. It goes down to like halfway. The halfway point on my gauge is about 200 degrees Fahrenheit. It comes back down. And, uh, and then I drive another half a mile, and this process happens again. It's, it, the needle starts going up into the red. I stop immediately, turn the engine off, uh, and, then, and, then it, and then when I turn, turn the engine back on, the needle comes down. Um, what, one thing that was interesting is I, uh, and my mechanic told me to do this. I have the heater all the way hot. And blowing full blast, and you're getting cold there. And I can predict, yeah, and and, and I, I and I can predict the, the movement of the needle. I, well, I have my right, I have my left hand on the, on the steering wheel, and my right hand over the vent. And you're getting cold the there. The temperature of that air, yeah. So so as soon as I start getting cold there, uh oh, uh oh, and so, sure enough, the needle starts going toward the, the red hot zone. And then All sometimes right. I'll tell you what, Gary, Gary, I'll tell you what, hold that thought, babe. Let me pull over and take this pause. When I return, I'll have your answer. I'm Ron Nanning, the car doctor, eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. We're coming back right after this. Doctor. By the way, there are podcasts of this radio show at cardoctorshow.com, as well as other places, TuneIn, iHeart, iTunes, etc. Uh, but wherever you're taking your Car Doctor podcast from through your media player on your phone or your device, whatever it is, please help us out. Click subscribe. You think Car Doctor, think podcast, think subscribe. It helps us. Listen, we got to show numbers at the end of the day. It is a little bit of a business. In order for us to be here, we got to go back to the sponsors and say, hey, look, we've got X number of people listening to us. And uh, it helps us for the cause and helps us stay here and uh, helps me keep Tony in T-shirts so I don't have to look at him half naked in the studio until he gets to Green Bay Stadium to wear that shirt when uh, the Giants lose tomorrow. So um, anyway, thinking podcast, click Car Doctor, click, click subscribe. Let's get back to Gary in Philadelphia. Gary, you're still there, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still with you. I wanted to tell you, Ron... Uh, this happened um, like on uh, December 24th, 
my mechanic, because of this problem, he put in a new water pump and a new thermostat. Okay. It's been fine until until a couple days ago. Now it's had the same problem that's happening again, happening again that was happening before these replacements. Okay. So, so so the issue here becomes, and you know, you, you kind of which which path do you go down? Do you say to yourself, well, the water pump fixed it, and maybe the new water pump, new meaning never ever worked, is no longer good, and it's not working, and that's always a possibility, or is just this a reoccurrence of the original problem? So we've got to do a little bit of diagnosis. One of the keys, yep. one of the keys here is that you're blowing cold air. Now, you know, if the engine is warm, and I'd be curious to know where the engine, you know, feel the upper radiator hose type of thing, is the engine warm enough to produce heat? Uh, you know, or let me ask the question this way. When the air is cold and the gauge is in the red, when the temp drops down, or is there a point where the temperature in the car goes to warm? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. As soon as, soon as I see the, the needle... Start as, as, as soon as I, I feel heat on my hand, the needle comes down. Okay. I, I, my, with, just with my right hand and feeling feeling the, the air temperature, I can predict what the needle is going to do. Okay. Just with that air. So so the heater core is getting airbound, is is what's happening. That's that's the cold air issue because air is not a medium that that convects heat. So you know the issue is the the heater core is getting airbound. Where's the air coming from? As long as the cooling system is full. There's only a couple of there's only a couple of possibilities. One is perhaps I don't think so, but perhaps the weep seal on the water pump, and I've seen this before. I just don't think it's in your case. Is working backwards, allowing air to be sucked into the system, creating an airlock, and causing the car to have no heat. But it also still overheats, and that's the original complaint. From my seat, I would be starting to think about a head gasket issue. And the fact that it wasn't uncommon, especially this is a 3-1. This was very common, 3-1s, 3-4s, but 3-1s were good for this, that they would only, when they're cold, once the engine warmed up, it was more even temperature and it would hold the seal. But the head gaskets themselves are starting to leak. One of them is starting to fail or leak or seep. And over time, it's creating an air pocket, causing an overheat and causing a problem with the heat like you're describing. Uh, Just out of curiosity, when the engine comes up to normal temperature, has your mechanic felt the hoses, the, the upper and lower radiator hoses feel good, normal circulation, heater hoses feel good, normal circulation? Um, I, I think so. He has a, when, when he was, you know, like I told him, the problem was happening also December, December 24th when he put in the new water pump and the new thermostat, and I think he did do some of this stuff prior to putting in, that, putting in the new uh, thermostat and new water pump. Right. Um, I, yeah. Um, what, uh, what I'm worried about, well, not worried about, but, uh, the um, also the oil. He told me to check the dipstick and the oil. The oil doesn't have a feeling. I don't think there's any antifreeze or coolant in the oil itself. It it, it may or, not you know. it, it may not be reaching the crankcase. I wouldn't use okay. that as I wouldn't use that as my last barometer. What I would probably and, do. And, what I would probably do. Uh-huh. All right, is start to think along the lines of a head gasket. Perhaps you know do a do a combustion gas test. Where we would where we would actually hook up, there was a, a a tool that you would use to capture fumes out of the uh, radiator neck once the vehicle warmed up. And if the dye changes color, if it goes from blue to yellow, that means there's a sign of combustion byproduct in the cooling system. If we wanted to get fancy, we could use a four gas analyzer. Just obviously being careful not to draw coolant into the four gas and ruin it. Uh, the other thing you could do is it's a simpler test. You know, when the engine's cold, take the radiator cap off. When the engine's cold, yeah. take the radiator cap off, 
disable the car so it doesn't start, and crank the engine over. All right? Engine's a big air pump. If there's a if there's a leak or a head gasket issue, in time it's going to start to push coolant out the radiator neck, and it might come out with a great big whoosh. So you know, be mindful that you could be somebody could get a somebody could get a bath or a shower, but you know that's a simpler way to do it. Now that may or may not tell us anything because perhaps the engine has to come up to an exact temperature. You know, it has to uh-huh. you know 100 degrees doesn't open up the leak enough, and 200 degrees seals it. It's got to be somewhere in that you know, mid-range before the problem actually happens. That's always possible, too. So at this point, I guess my my point is at this point, I would be looking for and thinking about head gasket and combustion gases leaks into the cooling system creating the problem. Okay. Now, now with this test, the, the um, taking the radio cap off, you, you're saying I crank for like 45 seconds? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, run it and then take off the uh, think of cap. think of blowing up a balloon, Gary. If if you had okay. a, if you had a balloon blown up and you put a pinhole prick in it, air would be leaking out. That air's got to go somewhere. If you've got if you've got a sealed container like the cylinder of the engine and it's cranking over, but yet it can escape through a head gasket instead of going out through the exhaust. That air's got to go somewhere. It's going to be air bubbles in the coolant and it's going to be reflected that way. But like I said, okay. to me that's not a that that's not a definitive test in the sense that if this is only at specific temperature and i've seen more than a few head gaskets in my day fail at specific temperatures that at that point i would still look on to the next test i would do a combustion gas leak test or i would put a cooling system pressure tester on the radiator if he doesn't have this device pull the spark plugs let the car sit overnight and in the morning Look in the cylinders. It would be nice if we had a bore scope. Look in the cylinders. Do we see any coolant in the cylinders? Does it still hold pressure? If we crank the engine over, does coolant come out of the spark plug holes? Again, all signs of coolant leak into combustion. You're looking for a coolant loss via combustion with this. You're just not sure which cylinder or from whence it comes. How do you check on a new thermostat to see if it's working all right? Uh, someone told me it could be a bad thermostat. Well, a it, new one. it could, but then explain to me why you get hot air and cold air. Yeah, because it does come does come on. Right. Yeah, there's you know. even a guy talking talk about dr- drilling a bleed hole through the thermostat just to, so it's flowing all the time. Well, take the thermostat take take the thermostat out and see what happens. All that that could make an overheat problem all by itself. You have to be careful with doing what I call non-standardized testing. Remember, remember in high school, we all took those standardized tests to see if we were geniuses or not? All right? And every, yeah, once, sure. every once in a while, you got a kid that drew Snoopies on his test sheet, and he, was, he probably grew up to be corporate CEO of some company. Well, the, the point becomes that, you know, those non-standardized tests get you in trouble. Drilling holes in thermostats, modifying the parameters by which the test exists under, now you've got to run all the angles and scenarios on how that test is going to affect the outcome. So, you know... I would still go with some conventional standardized testing, a combustion gas test, a pressure test with spark plugs removed, a crank test, although to me that's not definitive in this case, and see where we go. If when this car is warmed up and everything's running normal, fans come on at the right temp, you kind of get past that bad spot. If everything is working correctly, then I don't see how or why it would be a thermostat because where's the cold air coming from? Usually when a stat goes bad, it's either stuck open or stuck shut. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. And again, you know, not to, just to go back over it and then I'm going to go, do we have the possibility of a bad new water pump? 
Anything's possible. But, you know, some definitive yeah. testing under standardized testing under some, you know, here's what's good, here's what's bad, will give you the answers before you start jumping around. Don't be a leapfrog. Start doing some diagnostics. All right, kiddo? Okay. Great. Good luck okay, to you, Gary. Let us know. 855-560-9900. Hey, are you a podcaster? What are you going to do? You're going to click subscribe. Me? I'm going to come back right after this. I'm Ron Anini in The Car Doctor. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Let's real quick get over to George down New Orleans way and uh, see what's going on here. George, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Howdy. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, my question is, uh, I, I fool with cars somewhat. You know, look, I'm no expert by any imagination, but I'm kind of used to fooling with those things. And my question was simply this. Um, I think you have the, the, um, the year and the model of the car, don't you? Right. Yeah. The, it's an uh, 06 Cadillac uh, DTS they're telling me. Exactly. Right. Okay. And it's and it's about the com- the air compressor for the shocks, the back shocks. Now, I'm not talking about the um, air conditioner now. I'm talking about the shocks. The right. Air compressor for the suspension. For right. You're familiar with that. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty simple to take off. It just sits on the by the back wheel. You know, you can three bolts and you take the compressor off. You un you unhook the electrical line. The, the question I had is they have a tube. Obviously, they have a tubing that runs to each shock. To supply the air, right? And it has a little clip, a little clip on the tubing that you squeeze, and, it, and right, like a bobby pin clip that you just squeeze it, to pull the line exactly. off. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And my question is, when this uh, came about, is the compressor was making a lot of grinding noise, and finally it just went out. The compressor okay. it left air in the shocks, though. That's so it's still it hasn't dropped down at all. But obviously, um, uh, the compressor was bad. So I ordered a compressor from, I think, Rock Auto Parts. Right. And uh, like I said, it's not a big deal to change that. My, my question, again, is that when I take off this little clip and pull the tubing off of the shock, the little spout that comes off the shock for the tubing, will the air that's in that shock come shooting out, or do they have what would be, a, I'm use the word, like a check valve that stops it from coming out? before you push the new tubing right on it. You know, George, it's a great question. And oh. <laughs> for, for the life of me, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh. And all the shocks, I've, I think you will. On, on I'm going to say on some, I have had air come out, and on others, I have not. But I'm going to base that on, was the compressor working, yes or no? Uh, my only concern, and obviously you're going to take it off, you know, you're going to take it off gently, so to speak, and just stay out of the way. I don't remember things blowing out. Um, yeah. if, if that answers the question, but that's not to say I've also seen cases where I've counted on things with check valves and there's a problem with the component I'm changing and the check valve no longer works. So that being said, you want to make sure you've got the vehicle supported on the frame yeah. and, and that you're not underneath it as far as, you know, counting on the height of the vehicle to stay the same. It's not going to collapse all the way. It's still going to work like a regular shock. If, if the air compressor stopped working altogether and the air bladders leaked out, it would still have regular shock function on that car. It is a standardized shock absorber uh, with an airbag built in. But, you know, just being cautious. 
the the biggest problem you may have, I don't think you will, but you may have is just, you know, getting the air into the system to start once you reconnect everything, but it should do that automatically. I don't believe there's a program function required using a scan tool on that particular model of your car. So I, I, I agree with that. And yeah. I say that only not to be an authority, but it's that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um you know, think of it think of it like this. Okay, and this is the way I kind of try to approach auto repair. If that line failed on the road, let's say one of those plastic lines got cut, melted, and animalate through it, all right, uh, yeah. what's what's the worst that could happen? And that's how you have to think. One thing about a litigious society where we're always suing each other is the engineers have built in a certain amount of safety that the engineer has to sit there and say, you know, if an animal eats through this plastic line and the and the shock collapsed, this guy's going to drive off the road and his, his family is going to end up suing us because we killed him. So you know what? We'll make it so that doesn't happen. Uh, you know, yeah. As crazy as that sounds, sometimes you think like that. I don't think you're going to see a lot of air discharge out of this, if any. All right? I think that's going to be the answer. I don't recall it in any procedure, but I can appreciate your caution, and I would just make sure the vehicle is supported so that, you know, if the air does come out of the shock, it's not going to lower itself onto you, and you're counting on that extra half inch to squeeze in and out from under the car. Makes sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense, and that was my concern, yeah. which is pulling that line off, the rubber line, yep. and you you call that little clip, um, uh, I forget. A uh, bobby pin clip, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, you squeeze it to kind of together right. yep. with your fingers. Just, you don't need a wrench or anything. No, nope. just, just, just be careful when you do take those lines off. There's a little O-ring on the bottom of the inside of the nylon line. It should stay in place. Don't lose it. Look for it. Where is that? That's on the end of the plastic line. You'll know. Oh, you'll you'll okay. see it when you pull the clip out. When you pull the line out, you'll see it. I gotta go, George. All right, the, oh, hey. I'm up against the clock. I'll tell you what, sit tight. Don't go anywhere. We'll come right back to you. I'm running in the car, doctor. We'll be back right after this. Running the car doctor. Let's get back to George. George, real quick, what do you got? Yes. You you had one more question, I think, or a comment. Uh, well, no, it was just a comment uh, that 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 everything you said made sense to me. Uh, I didn't really think that um, the part where you were talking about that it had to leave some kind of air in there to keep the body from just falling completely on the ground. Right. Uh, but I was always thinking that I need to brace that, and I'm a I'm. I'm mentioning this because I think you also said it, is that I'm thinking about putting a jack under the body in the back. Correct. Just to hold the body up in case that, in case that would happen Well, and, and, and not a jack. Let's do a jack stand. Well, a jack stand. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, All right. exactly. Um, yeah, you know, let's, 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 let's do a jack stand. And, I was going to put it on either side, both sides. Actually. Yes, equally. Correct. Yeah, Correct. equally. Because I, I have two of them. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and let's be safe. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, but I it's, think you've answered my question, uh, okay. and I, um, I enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and uh, listen, I'm glad to. Uh, you know what? I enjoy, I enjoy the exchange just like this. Uh, you know, this is what makes the, this is the fun part of my week. Although being in the shop during the week is fun too. 
And um, it's always great to reach out and talk to people like you and uh, down there in New Orleans way. So thank you very much, George. Well, that kind of wraps up this hour. Let's see. What's coming up next hour? Some more sports predictions? Nah, we know the Giants are going to get beat. So some more comments about how Tony's going to look standing shirtless in Green Bay Stadium eating that cheese sandwich? Maybe. We don't want to shock the American public too badly. So let's suffice it to say that there's another hour of Car Doctor coming up after the news at the top of the hour on most of these affiliates. If you're doing this on podcast, please click subscribe. Remember, I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.